you know, I don't know why some vegans don't like me. Sometimes they'll do videos, anti-Dr. Berg videos, but I'm half vegan. Half of my meal is vegan. Of course, the other half is carnivore. The point is that if you're trying to get all your nutrients, of course, with any type of diet, whether it's keto, vegan, or vegetarian, you want to do the healthy version of that. I mean, you can call yourself a vegan and just eat sugar and refined carbs and junk foods, eat at the fast food restaurants. So you just want to do the healthy version of whatever diet you're doing. So today I'm going to give you some important tips on doing the vegan version of keto because I did a video years ago and I wanted to give you an update. I mean, the goal of any diet is to improve your health, right? You don't want to get worse. You don't want to create a nutritional deficiency. So you want to do real food, not fake food. Like certain things you definitely want to avoid right off the bat. Like you don't want to eat any type of vegan uh, food with ingredients like textured vegetable protein or soy protein isolates or some of the ingredients in fake meat. And of course, the high fructose corn syrup. And of course, if you're going to do grains, there's certain grains that are non-gluten that I'll talk about. And of course, you want to germinate those grains um, to get rid of some of the anti-nutrients like phytic acid, for example, that prevents zinc from going in the body and other minerals as well. So let's first talk about nutrients. There are certain nutrients that are very easy to get on a vegan diet, okay? You can get plenty of uh, vitamin K1. You can get plenty of vitamin C. You can get folate. You can get potassium, magnesium, and a lot of the phytonutrients. But the nutrients that are very difficult to get on a vegan diet would be B12, selenium, iron, zinc, vitamin A, and I'm talking about the active form of vitamin A called retinol. Um, if you're a vegan, you have to convert beta carotene into retinol, and that's more difficult. And then, of course, vitamin D. You're not eating fatty fish, so it's going to be hard to get that vitamin D unless you get it from the sun. And then we have omega-3 fatty acids, and I'm talking about DHA, okay? There are precursors like in walnuts called ALA, but they have to be converted. And so when you're trying to get your omega-3 uh, DHA, and you can get that from spirulina, okay? That's a really good vegan product because spirulina pretty much has every single nutrient that you can imagine, almost everyone. And then the other thing that you got to pay attention to is your amino acids, okay? Because of the bioavailability and the quality of protein that you consume, it doesn't compare to uh, animal protein. And then out of all those amino acids, taurine is the one that usually comes from animal products and it's difficult to get if you're a vegan. But the point is when you're doing the vegan version of the ketogenic diet, you need to go beyond just lowering your carbs, hot, having high fat and moderate protein. You really need to look at the nutrients. So then that way, as you lose weight and you get healthy, uh, you end up not creating deficiencies. So this is why I just covered the key nutrients that are difficult to get, but I'm gonna give you some ideas and some foods to focus on. And I think the big one is um, grains, okay? When you consume grains, a lot of the grains have gluten. Now you might think that you don't have a gluten allergy or a gluten intolerance, but I'm, recently I'm doing a lot of genetic uh, tests on people and I'm finding nearly, not everyone, but a good percentage of people have a genetic problem with gluten. And what happens is certain proteins in, in gluten tend to create an opioid or like a morphine effect in your gut. So a lot of times you don't even know that the damage is occurring until later on when you end up having inflammation in your gut. So for this reason, you really got to be careful of these grains uh, and consume only grains, if you're going to do grains at all, that have no gluten. And that would be oat, quinoa, millet, teff buckwheat. 
And then just like a nut flour, you can do, use almond flour. And anytime you are consuming grains, nuts, legumes, things like that, you want to germinate those because you want to get rid of certain anti-nutrients. And one being this phytic acid. So what you could do is you simply soak these things in water with one tablespoon apple cider vinegar, and then let that sit for about seven to 12 hours. Okay, and then you rinse it out, and then you can actually bake with it or cook with it, whatever. And that way you'll get rid of a lot of the anti-nutrients because this phytic acid will really block the zinc, selenium, iron, calcium, things like that. In fact, I consume germinated walnuts. After you soak them, you have to dry them out. Either put them in a dehydrator or in the oven at lower temperatures, or you can just buy them already um, sprouted. Now, the reason I like uh, vegetarianism compared to veganism is you can have eggs and dairy, which will give you at least a good source of protein and other bioavailable nutrients like that retinol, that vitamin A that I talked about. But Today, we're just going to focus on veganism and what you have to add to this diet to make sure that it works for you. So I'm going to go down the list of some common things that you can include in this diet. The first one is nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast uh, has a good source of amino acids. It's a good source of trace minerals. And nutritional yeast also comes with B12. Okay, I would recommend getting the nutritional yeast that's not fortified with synthetic vitamins. Now, they may add certain vitamins to nutritional yeast, but you'd want to make sure that they're not the synthetic versions. For example, B12 is not normally in nutritional yeast unless it's added. But in the typical fortified nutritional yeast, they put um, the synthetic version instead of the natural version. So you want to make sure that they use the natural version, which is the methylcobalamin, not the cyanocobalamin. Sauerkraut is another favorite of mine. I would recommend the raw version of sauerkraut. So sauerkraut gives you vitamin K2, which is a vitamin that is very difficult to get if you're a vegan because normally it comes from fatty animal foods, okay? But it's also in sauerkraut. It's in fermented soy products called NATO. But sauerkraut is a good source of vitamin K2. And that's gonna be very important to preserve your teeth your joints and your arteries from filling up with calcium and making sure that your bones are just really solid and your teeth as well. So vitamin K2 is in sauerkraut. Also, um, out of all the foods that are loaded with vitamin C, sauerkraut is at the top of the list. One cup of sauerkraut will give you 10 times the vitamin C that you are recommended in the RDAs. And plus you get all the friendly bacteria too. It's a good probiotic. And sauerkraut has something called glutamine. Okay, glutamine is an amino acid. Glutamine is really important in gut health, especially leaky gut. I recommend anything cabbage if you have gastritis, an ulcer, anything going on with the inflammation in your gut. A much higher source would be from beef, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about an alternative version of glutamine, which would be cabbage, specifically red cabbage but it's also in green cabbage as well, or white cabbage. So cabbage gives you the vitamin C, the probiotics, glutamine, and vitamin K2. All right, so let's talk about B12. Now, B12 is normally in animal foods. However, I did find, I did some testing, and I found that it's also in raw wheatgrass juice powder. In fact, one serving has double the RDAs of B12. Now, what's really weird about that is that 
uh, plants don't make B12. It's only the microbes. And that's right. It's the microbes that are making the B12 on that wheatgrass juice powder. So that's one good source. Or you can just take your B12 as a supplement. Always make sure you have the natural version, which is the methylcobalamin, not the cyanocobalamin. Now, I already mentioned spirulina. It pretty much has everything. It's a really good source of amino acids. It's a good source of vitamins, minerals, and that DHA that you need. One thing I would recommend is just, uh, you can make a shake. Make a shake every day. There's all sorts of recipes for spirulina shakes. You can even add some berries to it and uh, make it taste like blueberries or whatever. All right, then we have uh, seaweed or sea kelp. Very important if you're a vegan or even if you're not, because seaweed is loaded with the trace minerals, especially iodine, selenium, zinc, all the trace minerals. It's also a good source of protein as well. But if you're a vegan, it's a little bit difficult to get iodine. You see, trace minerals are needed for a lot of different reasons, uh, for preventing hair loss, for making sure your proteins work, not just your muscles, tendons, ligaments, things like that, but all your biochemistry. Now you can get trace minerals as a supplement, but taking in sea kelp would be probably even better. And I do know some um, vegetarians that do consume like shellfish, oysters, clams, muscles, and some of the other nutrients like the DHA, as well as the uh, vitamin D. Also, if you are a vegan and you're doing cruciferous vegetables, okay, they have a potential to deplete you of iodine. And if you do consume cruciferous vegetables, I would recommend that you steam them or saute them, and then you can keep your salads raw because by steaming certain um, cruciferous vegetables, you can help to extract and increase the phytonutrients in those vegetables just by adding heat. So that's cool. And then if you add extra virgin olive oil on that, or let's say you consume it with avocado, because a lot of these phytonutrients are fat soluble, you can actually get some more extraction by adding this fat. And also when you cook, you know, I cook with extra virgin olive oil. Uh, I don't use high heats with certain things, uh, but that seems to work. But you can also cook with coconut oil, or red palm, or some other oil, but definitely stay away from the corn oil, the vegetable oil, the soy oil, the uh, safflower oil, the sunflower oil, those oils, because they're very high in omega-6 fatty acids. And even with your salad dressing, don't use those uh, oils as well. Use the extra virgin olive oil with your balsamic vinaigrette or whatever you want to use. Now, another really good thing to put on the salad is that uh, nutritional yeast. If you haven't tried that before, it is delicious. Now with vitamin A, how are you going to get vitamin A? Um, normally vitamin A, the retinol, the active version is in liver, it's in red meat, it's in seafood, it's in cod liver oil, but because you're not eating those foods, you're going to have to convert it from beta carotene, which is not vitamin A, but it's the precursor for that active form of vitamin A called retinol. So that means that you need to eat a good amount of food with beta carotene. And hopefully you don't have any genetic problem that inhibits that conversion, but I've seen it quite often. And the first symptom that you're going to notice if you have a vitamin A deficiency is difficulty seeing at night. So night vision requires this vitamin A. So the foods that are very high in beta carotene would be carrots, squash, different colored bell peppers, and dark leafy greens. But if you're going to consume those, also add a little fat like an olive oil or um, an avocado. And then the amino acids um, you can get from spirulina, nutritional yeast, nuts, 
but also hummus um, uh, provides some protein as well. Now, there is one amino acid called taurine that's very difficult to get if you are a vegan. It's mainly in animal foods. And if you're deficient in taurine, you can have a bit of anxiety, depression. It can affect the retina with your vision. It can even affect your bile. So you can feel like full and bloated on the right side. You can even develop problems like gallstones because taurine is a precursor for the bile salts. And it's also involved in blood sugars. So that's one that you may want to just take as a supplement. 